You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. You don't need to be tech savvy to record and publish your own podcast, but we're guessing listeners of Into Tomorrow would pick it up pretty easily. And it's also less costly than you might imagine. Plans start at just $12 a month. Go to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com to start your free trial. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. For the weekend of Friday, February 25th, 2022, our 27th year on the air, welcome Into Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline and the suffering a bit of a cold uh, Chris Graveline. Yeah, so if he sounds stuffy and sniffly, he already did a test. I did my at-home COVID test, and I was at-home negative. At home. Oh, but here in the studio, maybe, <laughs> maybe. not negative? Yeah, maybe. Uh-oh. Great. Anyway, so we hope you feel better. Thank you. You're welcome. And I'm sitting here propping my foot up, having had a little foot surgery thing. <laughs> We're just a fun winning bunch here, I'm telling you. So I'm on a bunch of Motrin because my foot is throbbing like crazy. After you discovered that it was leaking. (laughs) Anyway, we won't get into more details. Suffice it to say that we're just a couple of guys hurting. Let's just say it should be an interesting show today. Yes, it should be. (laughs) Because we're on painkillers and, in your case, uh, cold medicine. Yeah. So who knows? But don't forget, in spite of all the stuff that we are going through, don't forget to back up your important data and to check your spam filters frequently. There you go. There's our weekly reminder that we try to do because we're your gas ex for tech. Right. (laughs) Some tech news and commentary. And then Jack in New Jersey and a bunch of other folks waiting to join us on the program. We hope you join us as well because we've got a bunch of cool prizes, many of which we brought back with us from CES in Las Vegas last month. And others that they ship to us, promised to, and delivered, so we can then ship them to you. So stay tuned. You're you're nodding yes. like you're going to say something <laughs> else. They can't see a nod on the radio, Chris. Just stay, stay tuned. You'll want to you'll want to stay tuned just because you know we'll, without giving away too much. We uh, had a signed agreement from uh, you know one company yesterday that uh, is going to be sending some pretty oh, cool things. Oh <laughs> yes. Oh that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes yes yes. It, and it is a signed agreement, but there's still a, an item or two that has to be finalized and before we can tease our audience. Yeah. So just just know that you're going to want to stay tuned and you're going to want to participate yeah. by uh, calling 800-899-INTO or using the free app or clicking that Ask Dave button at intotomorrow.com. Wow, you pretty much wrapped that up. Yeah. And you're right about that. They're going to want to participate for lots of reasons, including some of which we have yet to announce. Yeah. <laughs> so participating is good. But some tech news and commentary in the meantime, yes, my foot is throbbing. Uh, many of us have had the experience of watching our kids ignore us while they focus on their uh, online activities. I beg your pardon? Yeah. Uh, in one town in France, a father got fed up with the amount of screen time his kids were indulging in, and he decided to do something about it. He tried to get them offline by shutting down the Internet to their home, but he ended up shutting it down for the entire town. Oh, <laughs> oh oops. <laughs> yeah, it all began when the dad used a multi-wave band jammer to temporarily cut off the internet connection at his home in order to get his kids offline. However, the device is illegal in France since it interferes with telecommunication signals. Wow. 
Once nearly two municipalities were shut down, France's National Frequency Agency began an investigation that led them to the unnamed father. Oh, my. When questioned, the man revealed that he'd only wanted to cut off the connectivity in his home between the hours of midnight and 3 a.m. He said he could not have foreseen that the jamming device would be powerful enough to cut connectivity in the two towns. So he now faces up to six months in jail and a fine of 30,000 euros, which is about $34,000. Well, he should for being that stupid. I mean, I don't have a problem with him trying to disconnect for his own kids, but disconnect your router. I guess he doesn't realize that most modern routers have a setting you can go into and change. Yeah. You know, or hours. unplug the darn thing. That's yeah. all. Well, he probably still wanted to have access so he but, could watch his YouTube videos when he, at late at night, maybe. But didn't want the kids on it. Yeah, I don't blame him for that. But come on, so he's in trouble. Yeah, uh, well, he should be. Yeah, of course. <laughs> How long did it take for? All systems are functioning within normal parameters. Not too long once they discovered the device and were able to get it off the the lines. (laughs) (laughs) Former President Donald Trump's new social media venture, Truth Social, launched this week in Apple's App Store, potentially marking the former president's return to social media after he was banned from several platforms last year. The app bears a striking resemblance to Twitter which Truth Social is positioning itself as an uncensored alternative to. Trump was banned, of course, from Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube in January 2021. Truth Social sits at the number one spot for free downloads in the Apple App Store. When you download Truth Social, you're prompted to enter your email and date of birth. Users must be at least 18 before waiting for a verification email. Now, that's... Those of you who are iPhoneies, yeah. those of us who are Androids, not yet. Yeah. Not and, yet available. And many people, because I, I downloaded it, because, of course, it's tech. We've got to do research for the show. Yeah. Um, and many of the people that have downloaded and signed up have been put on the wait list. So in my, my current place on the wait list, I'm number 282,923. Affirmative. <laughs> well, you don't have long to wait. <laughs> yeah, not at all. 282,923. Oh, my God. Well, but there are many people I've seen that have posted that are far higher number than you. Yeah. So including some real prominent people. So you got in there, well, I wouldn't say early, <laughs> but earlier than yeah. a lot of people. So if you have an iPhone or an iPad, I guess, and you want to download Truth Social, you're able to do so. And I'm curious, what number are you in the waiting list? Now, to be fair, I probably won't use it. It's just like I don't use pretty much any other social media. I mean, Anti-social I use media. Facebook a little bit, yeah. but that's about it. But hey, as far as I'm concerned, since he was banned from Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube back a year ago, good on him. Let him start his own, and if people are interested, they can go there. And you can share, and you can be truth social, if that's yeah. what you want to be. And I hope it does give Twitter, which I've said all along was the worst thing to happen to this country and the world, but give them a run for their money. Do you think Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube will allow him back on once he has his own platform and he gets a lot of attention? I doubt it. <laughs> they don't care. I doubt they even see it as a threat. No, I'm sure they're just laughing about it, especially yeah. when they hear there's now like 400,000 some people on the waiting list. By the time you hear this, you might be five or 600,000. But you know what? You're on the list. Yeah, but they claim it's on track for their for its full U.S. launch by the end of March. So we'll yeah. see what happens. And have we heard anything if that will include Android? I think it would. I hope. But we'll see. And former Congressman Devin Nunez, uh, Nunez left Congress to be the CEO of Truth Social, to run this for Trump. 
So we see. I I guess all of those people only have iPhones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or else you'd think they would have lit a fire under the Android one, too. And most people releasing any app do both at the same time. Why would you cut more than half of your potential well, audience it, out of it something? It could be, I'm sure, in progress. I mean, as we know from having our own app, that there's a, a lot of differences between the two platforms oh, yeah. of, of things you have to go through to get oh, these apps published. True. But we bent over backwards as did Dimitri and Horatio and others on our team, to be able to make both come out at the same time. And we update both at the same time with new features and stuff. And if, what do you mean you don't have the Into Tomorrow app? Good heavens! Please get it. You don't have to wait on a waiting list for the Into Tomorrow app. It's there right now for you. And we hope you give us five stars and maybe even a review of some sort. Because if you do... I'll deny saying this, but we're going to send you a prize. Did I say that? No, I didn't no, hear anything. I, I didn't hear anything either. But do get the Into Tomorrow app for Android or iPhone. There you go. Uh, speaking of devices, Apple AirTags have become quite the stalking problem. Privacy experts are saying that Apple needs to work with Google, Samsung, Tile, and other rivals to find a fix. I'm sure you've heard about this, too. A lot mm-hmm. of people have said that they've go through, especially ladies, maybe uh, going through their purse and go, what the heck is this? And find out it's an Apple AirTag that wasn't theirs. Someone was stalking them, trying to follow them. Guys and gals, just be very careful. I mean, if somebody could have dropped something into a purse or a bag or your car, I mean, some people are sticking them under a fender or a bumper and following people home, I mean, I don't want to get people carried away here, but it's happening. And you've got to be careful about these things. And Apple's trying to take steps to, to fix that, although I don't know how they would <laughs> be able to. But the latest Beta 4 version of iOS 15.4 now includes a warning shown to users when they first set up an AirTag. Now, of course, if you're the person setting up the AirTag, you're not probably the person that's going to be followed. Yeah. Um, but the, but it does read, uh, quote, using this item to track people without their consent is a crime in many regions around the world. Oh, that'll help. This <laughs> item is designed to be detected by victims and to enable law enforcement to request identifying information about the owner. You know, it's going to end up being the only thing I think that will help, and that is that it emits a beep every so often. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're using it legitimately to not lose an item of your own, You'll have to just put up with a beep. <laughs> or maybe you can turn it off temporarily for a period of time that, okay, I'm in the house now until tomorrow, so turn it off for 12 hours or something. Something like that. But otherwise, can you imagine, though, you hear something in your car or in a purse or a handbag or any number of things that somebody could have just dropped it in and you go, what the heck? And then you find it. Oh, great. Somebody's tracked me. Yeah. Stalking. I, mean, I think they should probably, you know, maybe embedding something in the OS so that anybody with an iPhone, not necessarily see, you know, where it is, but at least something would ping, you know, and say, hey, there's an AirTag near you. Well, what, so about, that, you what about Android devices? Yeah. You, you're, see, you're being just like well, Truth Social, ignoring well, Android. Be, Stop it. Be, be, because it's, it's an Apple device. It's, you know, I understand that. But what about Tile, Samsung, Google? I mean, they all have these tracking devices and capable. And that's why Apple, of course, is, you know, pointing fingers. Well, we're not the only ones. Yeah, okay, whatever. Um, but the, they do need to work together to solve this problem. Because if it's used legitimately, they're great. 
to help you locate a device, you know, attach it to a medical device that you might leave at, at IHOP once or something. That cost me 500 bucks. Um, <laughs> but there are good reasons to have these Air tags. Of course, I don't use Air tags because I'm not a an Apple fanboy. But I use other devices, similar devices. It is a problem. And if some of our listeners have some good solutions, ideas, that's a great way to participate and win prizes. But let us know what you think. How would you solve that problem? Do you use any of these Air tags or any other competitive device to help keep an eye on products? Do you use it to keep an eye on your significant other? Do you use it to stalk anyone? Don't worry, we won't give your information to the FBI or anyone, at least not without a court order. Um, The point is, I'm curious if anyone listening uses these devices, and more importantly, what do you think they can do about it? What can any of us do about them? I'm not paranoid either, but boy, am I going to check my car. Uh (laughs) <laughs> I don't carry a purse, so that's not an issue. Yeah. Virgin Hyperloop has fired 111 of its employees as it abandons the idea of making its system ready for passenger use. The Financial Times is reporting that the company is exclusively focusing on moving cargo and has slashed almost half of its total workforce. Wow. Uh, a spokesperson confirmed to the paper that the shift in business was taking place with the supply chain issues and COVID contributing to the change. Because, of course, let's blame everything on COVID and the supply chain. Yeah. I, I was at our public supermarket couple hours before the show here and i just went to get some orange juice nope supply chain i said oh my god i'm so tired of hearing every excuse supply chain the guy actually says no when you see these blank areas on all of our shelves i went yeah yeah i know supply chain i went through the same issue with the same chain of grocery stores when i spent a month trying to find half and half for my coffee you could only find full and full yeah no they didn't have any half and half at any of their stores so use milk (laughs) I don't want to use milk. Oh, God, he turned his nose up on that possibility. (laughs) Or use the other fake stuff. You don't want to use that either? See, I don't drink coffee, so I don't know. But half and half makes a big difference? Yes. I guess people listening that use half and half are like, you go. You go, Chris. I'm with you. Okay. Did you notice that Instagram quietly limited their daily time limit option? No. I know you're not on Instagram. In a move that appears to copy Facebook meta after reporting slowing growth, Instagram, of course, also owned by the same Facebook peeps, appears to have quietly removed the ability for mobile users to set a daily time limit reminder for less than 30 minutes. Originally, users were able to select a time limit as low as five minutes a day for how long they spend on the app. In other words, it would then remind you hey, you've been on this app more than five minutes, you might want to get a life. But even that was too long. While the new options begin at 30 minutes and goes up to three hours. So when we were giving them credit for saying, you know what, that's about it's about time that they say, hey, maybe spending a little too much time with us. Here's some options to set some of your own time limits. You know, we're not going to cut you off, of course, but we're going to help you realize that maybe... Five minutes, 30 minutes is enough. You know, go on about your day. Do something else. No, 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 no. They just quietly went, nah, let's just make the minimum 30 minutes now. <laughs> See what happens. Oh, good luck. Jack in Lakewood, New Jersey, listens to the free, yep, free Into Tomorrow podcast. Hello, Jack. I recently moved out of Brooklyn, New York, and into New Jersey, where now I have Optimum. When I ordered my TV part, they sent me an Altice One Mini. 
and they also gave me two remotes because I asked for two remotes. My wife wants one, and I want one. <laughs> However, they say that both of them can't be hooked up the same way. I gave my wife the easier one. She just pushes buttons, and it's fine. I have to point. I have to have line of sight. And that usually my, my feet get in the way, my blanket gets in the way, all sorts of things. I need to find a way to be able to have both remotes work the same way wirelessly and without line of sight. It's a big issue for me. I really would love to be able to have my remote. When she's sleeping, I use mine. When I'm sleeping, she uses hers. And they both work the same way without line of sight. Any help you can give me, any direction you can send me, I would really appreciate it. Well, Jack, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to do what you want to do with an Altice One mini box. The manufacturer assumes one remote per box. For example, if you had a box in the bedroom and one in the living room, and had lost your living room remote, you could pair your bedroom's remote to the living room box, but the remote would stay paired only to the living room and would no longer be able to interact with the bedroom's box, for example. Yeah, now the opposite case is true as well. You can pair a remote with a box, uh, but when you pair a second one, it will become the only sole remote. Uh, you're able to use the infrared portion of the remote because that requires no pairing at all, and the box has no idea who it's talking to. Unfortunately, unless you get a different cable box, you won't be able to do what you want to do. Well, now, and by the way, I think if anyone ever asked for a definition of first-world problems, then having to move my foot when I use my second remote control in bed is a big issue for me, I think is a pretty good one. Yeah, I would think so, too. It's a pretty good excuse. (laughs) Uh, Or the blanket gets in the way. So, Jack, I hear you, and I can feel for you, but I think you and the missus just need to work it out. (laughs) and use the better remote, in this case, hers, no matter what. Just decide do you put it right here in the middle of the blanket between the two of you or something so you can both use it. Intotomorrow.com for more. Let's meet there. Do you take a lot of medicine or take care of someone that does? Hero is the new smart device that makes life easier by pre-sorting a 90-day supply of up to 10 different pills. Just pour them in and Hero does the rest. So easy to use and saves me so much time. I never miss a dose. I'm never late for a dose anymore. And that is so critical to me. What I like best about my Hero is that it's so easy to set up and it's so easy to use. And I don't have to worry about my pills or get distracted and forget, did I take that pill or not? Because it reminds me. It alerts and dispenses with the push of a button. Plus, Hero sends a friendly alert to you and a caregiver. Hero is amazing. But you could even live out of state with the person and still program their Hero from the convenience of your phone. I feel better than I have ever felt simply because I have this device. Try Hero risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, you don't keep it. Call 800-613-2715. That's 800-613-2715. 800-613-2715. Call now. Welcome back into tomorrow. Did you know on average people read 10% slower from a screen than from paper. Wow. And that's why I prefer to read a book. Books? (laughs) Do they still make them? Yeah. Oh. But there you go. Little Into Tomorrow fun tech fact for you. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you by our podcast partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. If you're looking to start a podcast, check them out. Visit B-L-U-B-R-R-Y 
com. But first, coming up in just a few minutes, uh, stick around. We'll be joined by Dr. Scott Adzik. He's the Surgeon-in-Chief at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. He's a pioneering fetal surgeon specializing in treating uh, these babies' unique needs, including surgical procedures, while they're still in the womb. Yeah, talk about the use of technology in medicine and health care. This is fascinating. When I had a chance to talk with this doctor, you don't want to miss it because I've learned a lot. And it's just truly fascinating the kinds of things they're able to do. And they are pioneering all sorts of of in-womb surgeries using all sorts of tech. So pretty cool. Do stay tuned for that. When you participate on the program, we've been telling you you win prizes. We got some fabulous goodies and no promises, no guarantees. But we always ask that you list one or two items that you hear us talk about that you might want. We'll do our best to get one of those to you. From Jabra, we've got Elite 7 Pro True Wireless Earbuds. Benji Lock has sent us back from CES with a bunch of their fingerprint padlocks. Your key is your finger. We've got uh, Smart Plus Wi-Fi light bulbs from Sylvania, so you can control your lights with any mobile device. How about some protective silicone cases? If you happen to have Apple TV or Apple TV Siri remotes from Elago. We've also got Bob. Bob, hey. The, the, the Ultra Compact Dishwasher from Dan Tech. Yeah, very cool. you got to check that out. We've got links to all of these prizes for you. More detail. Be sure to participate. Join us at intotomorrow.com. You don't need to be tech-savvy to record and publish your own podcast, but we're guessing listeners of Into Tomorrow would pick it up easily. And it's also less costly than you might imagine. Plans start at just $12 a month. Go to Blueberry.com, that's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com, to start your free trial. Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline. Welcome back to the program, our 27th year now on the air covering the latest in consumer technology and all sorts of technology in general available today and into tomorrow. We thank you for joining us. Thank you even more when you participate on the program. So please consider joining us anytime, 24-7 at your convenience. So many easy ways to join us. You can use your phone if you actually still use your phone as a phone. Go figure. 800-899-INTO. You can use the free Into Tomorrow app and message the studio, or you can visit us at intotomorrow.com and just mash that Ask Dave button that's on the lower right of your browser on anything with a browser and a microphone and join us that way. The birth of a child is a joyous occasion for an entire family, obviously. For the families of the more than 150,000 American babies, however, born with a birth defect each year, it also brings fear and uncertainty. Our next guest is a pioneering fetal surgeon specializing in treating these babies' unique needs, including surgical procedures when they are still in the womb. You talk about technology taking care of us into tomorrow. That's exactly what the Surgeon-in-Chief for Children's Hospital of Philadelphia is doing, Dr. Scott Adzik. Dr. Scott, welcome into tomorrow. How are you, sir? 
I'm, I'm very well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. We're glad to have you with us, and kudos right out of the box for the things that you do to save so many babies, and I think it's fascinating, and you're no doubt also saving the mothers, and this is where the surgical technology from Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and others around the country and hopefully around the world are advancing dramatically. Uh, is that a fair statement? I, I think think it is. Uh, we've had our ours center, one of the first in the world since 1995. So we're, we're, we're sort of on, on the air for 27 years, just like you. Wow, very good. And congrats for that. Because And the kinds of changes that you've seen in those 27 years, uh, I, I would imagine from kind of basic in-womb surgeries, what were the first things you were able to accomplish versus what you're doing these days? Well, it's, it's, it's probably good to give some perspective about birth defects, which are either anatomic, structural, or genetic, um, and they're common. One in every 33 babies is born with a birth defect. Oh, wow. Amazing. Wow. They're, they're costly. Billions of dollars are required for medical treatment. They're merciless. Think about this. No parent is immune. They're mysterious. Most causes of birth defects are unknown, although we can diagnose just about everything now uh, before birth with uh, modern technology. Mm-hmm. Birth defects are overlooked. Uh, research, in my view, is underfunded, and they're deadly. The, they're the leading cause of infant mortality, birth defects. Wow. So, again- so what, what do we treat before uh, birth? Um, well, the two, well, there, there are a variety of things that we uh, treat and do surgical repair of spina bifida and, and other birth defects uh, in the womb that are cause progressive organ damage before birth and are life-threatening or devastating. We place fetal shunts to treat life-threatening congenital conditions. We perform minimally invasive procedures using fetoscopy in the mother's uterus to treat complications, particularly in uh, fetal Twins. I, I might talk about that uh, a bit, if I may. Sure. Twin-twin transfusion syndrome is known as TTTS for short. It's a condition uh, identical twins, each in their own amniotic sac inside the uterus, as opposed to uh, babies and twins that have their own placenta, which is a disc uh, vascular connection with the umbilical cord between the fetus and the mother. Babies, identical twins with twin-twin transfusion syndrome, have only one shared placenta, such that there are abnormal blood vessels going from one side to the the other, and one twin gets too much blood from the mother, goes into a congestive heart failure, and develops an abundance of amniotic fluid. The other twin doesn't get enough blood, goes into kidney failure, and becomes stuck in the amniotic membranes. And these twins will go on to die unless we do something. That something is to do fetoscopic laser photocoagulation. So what does that involve? Well, it involves taking a two to three millimeter in diameter fetoscope, placing that through a small nick in the mother's abdomen under local anesthesia, advancing the fetoscope into the uterus across the uterine wall to visualize that placenta, and then using a laser fiber to occlude or photocoagulate those culprit blood vessels. And the, and the, and the results are astonishing in most cases both twins can be saved. That's awesome. And no doubt these that's one of the many conditions that are helped by having surgery while the baby is still in the womb. And, and I know certain things, of course, you can deal with after birth, but if you can nip some things in the bud, so to speak, uh, beforehand, it does make a big difference based on the condition, does it not? Beyond a doubt. So to put it in perspective, though, uh, so since... Um 
1995, 27 years, we've had over 27,000 referrals of mothers carrying babies with birth defects. They've come from all 50 states, more than 70 countries uh, internationally. Mm. So this past year, about 2,000 referrals, but only about 10% of the mothers and babies require an operation before birth. Most can be uh, followed um, during the pregnancy, have planned delivery if indicated in our special delivery units here at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and then have all the technology for diagnosis and treatment uh, after birth. So that would be babies with prenatally diagnosed, for example, congenital heart disease. The advantage of the special delivery unit at CHOP uh, is that uh, the, it, it provides care for mothers who undergo fetal surgery for those who require uh, treatment of the baby during the delivery or immediately after the delivery and keeps the um, mother and baby and family together and brings all the expertise that the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia has to, to bear on those children and on those mothers. And obviously, when you started 27 years ago, fetal surgery was uh, obviously very rare. Has, has it become considerably less rare and because of your successes, much more effective these days? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Of approximately 5,000 fetal surgeries that are done, that have been done worldwide, we've done uh, about a quarter of them here at CHOP, wow. more than any other hospital. Um, uh, we've trained um, many people who now lead fetal surgery programs elsewhere. For example, we established the North American Fetal uh, uh, the North American Fetal Therapy Network, known as NAFNET, which is now 36 centers in North America that that do fetal diagnosis and treatment. And we share learnings and registries and data. And we've also trained teams uh, in, in Asia, including in Japan in Europe, including in London, in Leuven, Belgium, Zurich, Switzerland, Poland, and things are just get, getting more, much more widespread as they become established. It's got to warm the cockles of your heart, doctor, to know that it is becoming more widespread and the successes are far more than maybe even you anticipated by this time. Yeah, it, it's hard to predict the uh, future, of course, but in cold Philadelphia to, today, where it's about 25 degrees, the, the cockles of my heart are toasty warm. <laughs> Very good. Uh, well, I, I think it's a, a good analogy. Let's talk for a moment about the long-term outcome for babies who undergo fetal surgery. Is this, uh, of course, also improving, I'm guessing, and it really helps to prove that whatever you did in the womb made all the difference in the world for that baby? Yeah, we and others, for all the conditions we treat before birth, uh, through publications, we report our out- outcomes, and things just get uh, better and better. For life-threatening conditions, uh, the operations are usually successful, and if the mo- mother stays pregnant long, long, long enough, you're going to have a good kid. Yeah. For devastating birth defects that, that limit function, like spina bifida, our outcomes are, are very, very good, but Fetal surgery for spina bifida is not a cure. It's just uh, to uh, mitigate the damaging effects uh, b- before birth that occur. Gotcha. And what do you think is the future for fetal surgery? Where are we headed into tomorrow? And what are you unable to do now that you're looking forward to being able to accomplish? Well, I think things are, first of all, going to become much more widespread as, as they are now. But there are three areas that are in the sort of the fetal therapy program, uh, uh, the, the fetal therapy category, not e- e- even necessarily in operation per se. Uh. But the, these three areas are very exciting. The first is in utero 
transplantation of adult blood self-forming stem cells to babies with prenatally diagnosed blood disorders such as sickle cell anemia, the concept being early diagnosis by eight to 10 weeks, transfusion of those cells to the pre-immune fetus at 12 to 14 weeks gestation, and they take over the missing function that the baby has. So that could potentially be a cure for sickle cell anemia. Dr. Alan Flake and Dr. William Pronto, two pediatric surgical scientists here at CHOP are pushing that forward after, in Dr. Flake's case, more than three decades of research, and we hope to have a clinical trial in the next year or so. Second area, led by Dr. William Pronto, is in utero gene editing using CRISPR technology to potentially treat single gene disorders that can be diagnosed before birth, such as cystic fibrosis. So, wow. proof of principle in fetal animal models, we're not ready for clinical prime time yet, but that could affect thousands and thousands of babies before birth with cures before birth if it's proven to be safe and efficacious. Third area, Dr. Alan Flake and his team are working on the artificial womb, a way to support babies who are born much too early, 23, 24, 25 weeks gestation, where term is 40 weeks. Those babies uh, have um, low survival rates, and those who, who do survive have high complication rates. Work done in fetal sheep of comparable size have shown that the artificial womb will support those fetal lambs for four to five weeks with normal growth and de development. So that's the concept, to treat very, very premature babies with the artificial womb and let them grow and de de develop until a time where complication rates are much lower and mortality risk is much, much lower. Wow. So there are some great things to look forward to in addition to the continued good work that you and your team do. And we wish you well. You are fascinating to talk with. And I appreciate you giving us a few minutes of your time. Uh, Dr. Scott Adzik is the surgeon in chief at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Thus, you heard him reference CHOP a few times. Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, fetalsurgery.chop. Dot edu. And, of course, we'll get you there, too, when you visit us. Doctor, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with us. Keep up the good work, and kudos to you guys. Thank you. My pleasure. It's our pleasure as well. Again, Dr. Scott Adzik, Surgeon-in-Chief, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. We'll link you there. You can visit fetalsurgery.chop.edu. Hit us up at intotomorrow.com. I'm Dave Graveline. Stay tuned. Much more to come right here on the Advanced Media Network. Guys, stop putting your love life on hold. U.S. Pharmacy has some exciting news. If you've been wanting to try Viagra or Cialis, now is the perfect time. Call today and receive 90 little blue or little yellow pills for only $119 with free shipping. Why order some low-dose sildenafil from one of those subscription services when we can give you what you want now? Call 888-856-8066 and we'll rush your order. Discreetly packaged to your door. Been thinking of trying something new to help your love life? Call U.S. Pharmacy at 1-888-856-8066 for as little as $119 for 90 pills. Need your package in a hurry? Call 888-856-8066 and ask about our express shipping option and we'll rush your order to you as soon as possible. Save money on this little blue or yellow pill you've been wanting to try. That's 888-856-8066. Again, 888-856-8066.
question, call us anytime. 1-800-899 into 1-800-899-4686. Call in, win stuff. Thank you. The very young Cameron Graveline. Yeah. Reminding you to call in and win stuff. Thank got to thank you. It's <laughs> got to be one of my favorite announcements from Cam. So I have to play it every so often, even though I get a weird look from him when he's around and we play that. It's like I'm going to be ten in April. Why are you playing that when I was like four? Because it's cute. Mm-hmm. He said, "I'm still cute." I said, "Well, you got me there, but yeah, but still, that's important." Welcome back into tomorrow. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by HughesNet. Enjoy more of everything the Internet has to offer. Text RADIO to 35000. Again, text the word RADIO to 35000. Jump aboard the time machine. You've got mail. Time to head into yesterday with This Week in Tech History. Twist, twist, twist. Here's Chris. This week in 1877, Emil Berliner filed for a patent for the microphone. Alexander Graham Bell, who invented the telephone a a year earlier, saw how this could help him, and he bought the patent for $50,000. Let's get nuts! The problem, however, is that Thomas Edison, who was known to step on more than a few toes, also filed a patent for the microphone. This set off a 14-year legal battle, making it all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, where they ruled that the microphone is, quote, beyond controversy, the invention of Edison. You're a googly moogly. They said beyond controversy. Yeah. I wonder if he paid somebody off or I'm something. sure he did. Interesting. He's been known to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. In 1938 this week, Lee Byung-chul opened a small trading company in South Korea, dealing in dried fish, locally grown groceries, and noodles. I love this story. The company prospered, and Lee moved his head office to Seoul in 1947. Over the next several years, the company diversified into many different areas, moving into lines of businesses such as insurance, securities, and retail. In the late 1960s, the growing company entered the electronics industry and formed several electronics-related divisions. Its first electronic product was a black-and-white television set. So wait, okay, he was started selling fish? Yes. And now he sells a black-and-white TV? Yes. All right. Uh, Byung-Chul's vision for his company to become, was to become powerful and everlasting like stars in the sky. So he chose a name that reflected that version. Translating in English to three stars, the company we know as Samsung grew from selling dried fish to some of the most popular electronic devices in the world. I'm holding one of their devices in my hand, my Samsung phone. But that's awesome. I th- what, what a story. Talk about tech history. Dried fish to Samsung. Yeah, it's kind of like Nintendo started making playing cards, and now they're like the top game manufacturer yes. around. Yes, wow. Pretty cool. In 1983 this week, after a few months of only being available in Japan, compact discs and players are released for the first time in the U.S. and Europe. Initially, only about 75 stores nationwide sold CDs, and you'd have to have a deep pocket if you wanted in on the uh, new technology. Players from Sony and Magnavox sold for about $900, with discs ranging between $16 and $20. And this week in 2017, the Nintendo Switch console was released to the public in most regions by Nintendo and was a huge success. The concept of the Switch came about as Nintendo's reaction to several quarters of financial losses attributed to poor sales of its previous console, the Wii U. Parental guidance is suggested. That's our look back at This Week in Tech History, brought to you by IFA in Berlin, the most significant trade show for consumer tech and home appliances. Get more info at ifa-berlin.com. And mark your calendars while you're at it, because we would love it if... If you joined us in Berlin, Germany, in September this year, not only is it in person, going to be a great show, Tech is Back with IFA, 
But unlike CES and, frankly, almost every other trade show for electronics, IFA is open to the public. It's very cool, and you really want to see this stuff. So, come on, everybody admits everyone is deserving of a little vacation or a holiday, depending on what you call it from wherever in the world you're listening. But it won't be a vacation or holiday for us. No, because it'll be our 18th year of working at IFA. But we invite all of our listeners to take a vacation. Come to Berlin, not only a great city, but a great show, IFA, and be sure to stop by our broadcast center. Right there with Ethan Next. Can't miss us. And we'll buy you a nice, refreshing beverage. Even a possible adult beverage if you're old enough. And in Germany, you can be younger. But anyway, (laughs) check ifa-berlin.com. While you're at it, visit us at intotomorrow.com. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to invent help. You have nothing to lose. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. Welcome back into tomorrow with another hopefully fun tech fact for you to discuss around the water cooler. Uh, anybody use a water cooler anymore? No. If people working at home, do you have one at home? No. Okay. But well, share it with the family. One petabyte is equal to 1,024 terabytes. Now, to put this in perspective, a 50 petabyte hard drive could hold the entire written works of mankind from the beginning of recorded history in every language. Wow. <laughs> that just blows my mind. You know, you've heard mind blown. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Some interesting facts for you. Don't ask me to do the math because I suck at math. <laughs> but I get it. That's pretty bizarre. Wow. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by StreamGuys, streaming media solutions for the smartest businesses on the Internet. Visit StreamGuys.com. We hope when you're online, you are visiting intotomorrow.com, and the little box that pops up, put in your email address only. That's all we ask for. We don't share it with anyone. We don't spam anyone. But we will send you our free once-a-week tech newsletter, full of tech news. I know, go figure. Some hmm thoughts to make you smile, uh, letting you know who's on the show this week, some the call prizes. Hi- some old prizes, yeah. Oh, and this week, Microsoft tests new ways to tell users that their PC shouldn't be running Windows 11. Our friends at PC Mag uh, tell us all about it. Ah, check it out. Intotomorrow.com. 